Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode is called A Priest, an Archaeologist, and an Appalachian. Sounds like a joke, doesn't it? It sounds like a priest, an archaeologist, and an Appalachian went into a bar but it's not a joke. It's actually who I have managed to offend the most in the two and a half years I've been doing this podcast. <laughs> you know, luckily, I haven't gotten that many complaint letters, considering all the stories that are told. And my show is mainly about light and fluffy entertainment. But every once in a while, a funny story is going to offend someone. And I apologize because... I really can't do a show if I try not to offend anyone at any time. So this episode is all full of stories that just may offend someone <laughs> because they're about bodily functions and bodily functions on the airplane. I tend to get a lot of stories about this and a lot of them are really funny, but could just be possibly slightly offensive. So I will also repeat the stories that offended the priest, the archaeologist, and the Appalachian, and the responses I got from them. <laughs> okay, let's get going. And I, I hope it's not too offensive. And if it is, I'm sorry. I took you for granted. I put it on cruise control. How could I have been such a fool? On a commuter airline from uh, my hometown up to Portland, Oregon, and um, flight attendant was pushing the cart, and um, the way that they had coffee, they had an open coffee cup or open coffee thermos or whatever, and they had just put a like a foam styrofoam yeah, cup on top. Yeah. And so, all of a sudden, we hit some turbulence, yeah. and the coffee went up into this lady's lap, and she was an elderly lady, probably around 65, 70 years old, and so it. It burnt her, and so all the old lady could say was to the flight attendant, "She goes, uh, I think I, I think I burnt my vagina." And so, well, this poor woman. So we get on the ground in Portland, and we get when we get on the ground. All these paramedics are there, all young guys, going to check out this poor woman's burnt vagina when we got on the ground in Portland. Here's the guy running in on an A7 into the target area, okay. and uh, he can't hold it any longer. The A7, unlike most of the jets, had actually had a relief tube. Unfortunately, you had to be a little bit better endowed than most people to reach the relief tube, and so... This pilot's not carrying a what we call a piddle pack, which just fill up when you needed to. And so he decides he's going to try to use the relief tube. He misses the relief tube and fills the seat pan that the uh, he's sitting in. There's a cushion on there, but the, the pan held everything that he missed. He's thinking, this is okay as long as I keep positive G on the aircraft. It'll stay in the seat pan until I get back. 
As he rolls in on the target, he realizes he's a little bit tight and he needs to unload a little bit as he's upside down rolling into the target. And as he unloads, everything from the seat pan fills the top of the canopy. At this point, he leaves the negative G on the aircraft and realizes that he can't land this way. At some point, he has to go back to positive G. There's only one person in the aircraft. Well, at least that's better. At least there isn't somebody else having that. <laughs> <laughs> no, only one one personal shower there. Every mistake I would have doubted me too. Okay, so you were um, you said in Turkey? Yeah, I was in Turkey. We were flying from um, from Germany down to Turkey to. Uh, uh, help the uh, Kurds who were starving in northern uh, Turk or northern Iraq, and so we were flying a, uh, a C-12, a King Air, and I was flying with a uh, female pilot. And in uh, route, she had some stomach problems, some stomach issues, so she was having to pass gas, and um, in a small confined in a small confined area, and it wasn't pleasant smelling. So we had what we call supplemental oxygen. So we had oxygen mass. And so while we're flying down there, she's passing gas. And uh, all she can do is, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And all I could do is, it's okay, under my oxygen mass. And so uh, the uh, it was uh, probably the duration of the flight. It was a good six-hour flight. We had a stop in between. Yeah, well, we had a stop in between. But, yeah, it was pretty much the whole time. And... Um, when we got on the ground in uh, Turkey, she um, we had had a rental car to take us to our uh, hotel downtown, and uh, in route to the hotel, she just pretty much says, "Stop the car!" and uh, her head did like a 360 degree turn, and she was out of the car and trying to find a restroom, and so uh, she was out of uh, circulation for a couple of days due to this tummy issue she had. So. It must be extra embarrassing when you're a girl and oh, the other yeah. pilot's a guy. Well, you figure that uh, there was one female out of 25 male pilots. So, yeah, extremely embarrassing. So <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I told you things that I truly believe, but my effort was weak and uninspired. Okay, this is how I offended the priest. I was telling a story, and I prefaced it by saying, I hope I don't offend anyone. I had this story for a long time, happened on my own flight. I hadn't told it because I was afraid it would offend someone, but it's so impressive when somebody is so quick-witted with a punchline. And I was on that plane. We were told that we had, it was Mexico City, Los Angeles, and we were told that we had a prisoner, a child molester who was being um, brought back to the United States for prosecution. And and I, he was going to be with two Mexican police officers. So and I forgot all about it. And we're boarding. I'm doing pre-departure drinks in first class. And I hear another flight attendant get over the PA and say, he's running, he's running. And I'm thinking, who's running? And I look out of the aisle and here comes our prisoner running up the aisle. The other passengers are parting like it's Moses, <laughs> the Red Sea. <laughs> and 
the other two the um, police officers, the Mexicans, they were kind of heavy set, so they didn't catch him until he got all the way up to the galley, to the boarding door, and they finally caught him, and they slammed him down on the ground. They had his arm pinned behind his back, and he's, like, convulsing. And I'm standing there with this guy flight attendant, and the guy flight attendant goes, funny, he doesn't look like a priest. It was funny. It was funny. I thought it was funny. But who would have thought a priest would listen to my little show? (laughs) So I get this email and it says, you strike me as a very thoughtful and positive person. Just listening to your podcast, I think she'd be fun to know. However, I must tell you that yesterday when I was at the gym listening to Cruz Behaving Badly Part 2, I was hurt and saddened by the child molester story. You see, I am a Catholic priest. I am sure you were only trying to be funny by including that story. But for me, it's always painful when someone would equate what I have given my life to with the abuse of a child. Not all of us are like that. In fact, I'm a former policeman. I've arrested my share of child molesters. And not one of them was a priest. Anyway, I don't mean in any way to cause you any worry over this. I just felt a need to let you know what my reaction was. I know people who are not part of organized religion, especially non-Catholics, these jokes are just harmless fun. But for those of us in the thick of it, these jokes touch our souls and not in a good way. Oh, I'm so sorry. Really, I really, I really didn't mean to offend any priests out there. I wouldn't have thought any priests would ever be listening. bunch of passengers of course on a plane <laughs> and they uh there were a bunch of passengers yeah. on the plane? <laughs> anyway this guy got on and he went, proceeded to get drunk and and i guess he fell asleep i don't know uh but there was also this lady with a cat on board and they, and these people you know started smelling this this smell and and the people thought it was this cat and so they're so they're they're blaming it on the cat and the lady's going it's not my cat it's not my cat's not making that smell she's just that man he pooped his pants sure enough this man gets up to walk off the plane and he's 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 got um nuggets falling out of his pants did you see it wasn't my cat it's that man <laughs> Sorry for everything. I'm with a guy, it's been 15 years ago, I was still a co-pilot, and he was one of those kind of slightly odd guys, and he got a little cranky with me once, and I said, you're getting kind of crotchety in your, uh, in your near, I told this guy, yes, you're getting kind of crotchety in your, your near retirement days, and he just looked at me and said, son, you don't understand crotchety. He said, let me tell you about crotchety. Way back in the day when I was sitting in your seat, we had a guy flying cap, I think he was the next Northeast guy. He said, this guy was your your really crotchety captain. You could call him by his first name as long as it was captain. But he said, this guy, I was flying with him for a whole month. We flew Electras. This guy flew in full uniform, coat, hat, everything. Never took it off. Always smoked an old nasty stub of a cigar. You know, about half the time it was lit, half the time it wasn't. But he said, one morning we're taking off from Martha's Vineyard in an old, I think it was some kind of Electra. I don't even know which model it was. But he said, 
they're boarding and he said this lady brings on this cat in a cage and they're trying to find a place to stow it they can't get it in any overhead bin or anything in the back he said but we got a pretty good size you know cargo space behind the captain's seat so the flight attendant comes up and says hey uh, captain can we um can we stow the cat up here on the flight down to boston and the captain just turned around looked at her and said says if something happens to it we've got no responsibility and so they bring it in, they strap it down, it's right behind the captain's seat in this cage. And everything's fine, it's captain's leg and we're taking off and he's flying and he said, just about the time we get to rotation, this cat comes out of the cage. <laughs> and it just latches onto the back of this captain's neck. And he said, I'm over there looking at him like, hey, what's gonna happen now? And he said, this captain doesn't move a muscle. He just keeps flying. This cat's just, you know, just locked onto the back of his neck. And he said, we get up to about thousand feet the captain goes takes a cigar I hands it over to him and says you hold this I take his cigar he said he just calmly cranks the window open on his little wind going everywhere he cranks the window open so he just said could you take the airplane and I take the airplane he just reaches back and both hands grabs the cat out the window he goes he calmly cranks the window shut takes the airplane takes his cigar and I'm over there and shot he said, what are we gonna do now he said, we get to about 2,000 feet, and the captain just looks at me and says, I wonder if he landed on his feet. <laughs> a cloud in my head. Was it my head in the clouds? So on the aircraft, of course, we have all different types of people on the plane. We have all different types of nationalities. And in other countries... If you've done any traveling, you know that there's quite a few places in the world that doesn't, they don't have the same type of toilet that we have. And when I've been traveling, you know, they have the type of toilet that's got two porcelain feet, basically, and a hole in the middle. And you step on the feet and you squat and you go. And, you know, it's really not that bad. This way you don't have to touch anything. <laughs> but, uh, and then in those countries where they, Sometimes they'll have one of our types of toilets to make us feel better, and they'll call it an English toilet. But now, those people that live in those countries, you know, Asia, India, many places where they have this type of toilet, they will get on our airplane, and how that toilet can be unfamiliar to us, the hole in the ground with the two feet, our English toilets are unfamiliar to them. So in the aircraft, they'll get on the plane and they'll they'll get in the restroom and probably don't know what to do. And then they go ahead and they get up on our toilet seat with their feet and then squat. <laughs> I know this because I've seen the footprints on the toilet seats. I have opened the door because the same people that aren't familiar with our toilets usually don't speak our language. They don't understand to lock the door. So you open the door and you see somebody squatting on top the toilet with their feet on the toilet. <laughs> it's kind of jarring image. But um, what's even funnier is when a regular, normal American passenger <laughs> goes to use the bathroom, they open the door and there's somebody <laughs> up on the toilet squatting going to the bathroom. I've had this happen maybe three times now where the person will come running in the galley going, oh my God, oh my God, you aren't going to believe what I just saw. And I'll say, there was somebody squatting on top of the toilet. <laughs> they're like, how do you know? How do you know that? Like, oh, I've seen it before. I wish I was without a clue. Wish I was without a clue. 
buddy of mine was on probation. He's an engineer, and uh, he's flying back to. All he had was one leg back to Salt Lake, early, early morning go out of New York City. And of course, he's on West Coast time, so his body it's even earlier. Passengers get on board, and he makes a PA to the following effect: that, ladies and gentlemen, we're head off to Salt Lake, and right now the weather's kind of shitty in Salt Lake, but it should be better by the time we get there. Hangs up the PA mic, and all of a sudden, ding! Flight attendant calls up and says. You just said shitty on the PA. And he goes, no, I didn't. I said, no, we all talked amongst ourselves and voted. Yes, you did. And he goes, rats. Uh, excuse me, Captain, but I just said shitty on the PA. Captain said, fine. Yeah, you could say goodbye to the passengers. <laughs> so he said he stood at the door and said goodbye to all the passengers. And only one passenger said something. The passenger stopped at the door, looked outside, and looked at him and goes, you're right. It's not shitty anymore. And walked on off. <laughs> <laughs> Now for the archaeologist. (laughs) I was telling the story when I was in Nicaragua, and we were at a place called Ometepe, and it is a huge freshwater lake with two volcanic islands in the middle of it. And I was talking to this local guy, and he said to my friend and I, he said, I'll show you something you'll never see. It's not any of the guidebooks. And we walked through the forest for like half an hour and we get to this black sand beach and my friend and I are thinking, oh, you know, it's okay. It's black sand beach. And then he starts picking things up from the sand and he's showing us that they're artifacts or little pieces of pottery, little pieces of jewelry. And he was saying that um, they would bury the dead with whatever their valuables were, pottery, jewelry. And because of the huge rains they get there, the they would end up getting washed into the lake and they get churned up in the lake and then they they wash up on shore. And he said, they wash up every day. And I was fascinated by this. I mean, I was just like, it's part of the reason why you travel. It's like, who knew there was a beach where artifacts wash up? And he was picking one up and he's like, see, look, this one has a hole in it. It was probably a piece of jewelry. And he's picking up little pieces of pottery and showing the different designs on them. And I was just amazed. And I picked out a few pieces and he was like, take the one with the hole in it. You can put a chain through it and make it a necklace. And my friend I'm traveling with was like, what are you, you kidding me? You can't take that. Didn't you see the Brady Bunch? <laughs> you know, it's the Brady Bunch <laughs> where he takes the artifact and then Greg's surfing and, and they say that, you know, he doesn't take it back. It's bad mojo. And she's like, you want to come back to Nicaragua? <laughs> Nicaragua, if you have bad luck. That's a funny story. And Who would have thought, again, my little show, that an archaeologist would be listening? (laughs) And he writes, I am an archaeologist, and I want to share something with you from my profession. I was alarmed after listening to your story about finding cultural artifacts on a beach in Nicaragua. No matter how small or insignificant the items you took may have seemed, this sort of thing is a big deal among archaeologists. I may not be able to convince you about the reasons why, but I have to plead with you, please, in your future travels, don't remove those sorts of cultural artifacts from their original context, especially don't remove them from the country. It's less a matter of Brady Bunch, Oogie Boogie type retribution than a matter of one, the law, two, indigenous property rights, cultural resource management, and three, preservation for future scientific research. I'm sorry. I've never taken anything before. Um, I didn't mean to cause any harm. The local guy was saying it washes up every day. There's so much of it. It's really not a big deal to take it. But um, I, I 
won't take anything ever again. I wrote back the archaeologist, you know, I really do travel with that mindset mindset of take only pictures, leave only footprints. It was the one time, and I'm sorry, and again, who would have thought an archaeologist would listen to my show? Sorry. Okay, so you're an aircraft mechanic, which is kind of exciting for me since I never have mechanics, all pilots and flight attendants. So you have a story? Uh, yes. Uh, some years ago, uh, we had an airplane with a pressurization leak. And on the ground, the uh, mechanics had to pressure close the plane up completely and pressurize the airplane to look for the leaks. Uh, when they finished... They uh, inadvertently forgot to change the pressurization panel back to the automatic mode and closed the plane up uh, with the uh, APU running, which provides air pressure on the ground. And they discovered this problem that the plane had repressurized so uh, to like up, up to. Would be in the air. Yeah, same pressures you would be at altitude, right. approximately 8 PSI uh, pressure inside the cabin. Um, they discovered that they had made this mistake when they were sitting in their break room later that night, and the person that services the lavatories had, came in covered with sewage, because when he hooked up to the airplane and pulled the handle to dump the lavs, all the pressure in the airplane blew out through the toilet all over him. So this was uh, sort of funny, uh, not for the lav guy, but it was kind of funny for the other guys. Sorry for everything. I have wheelchair problems. <laughs> well, I'm helping this little old lady. She's like, she's like in her 70s or 80s, probably in her 80s, and she's this tiny little thing. She's real cute, right? And I'm helping her up her wheelchair and stuff, and I'm looking at her little feet are shuffling one one little half step at a time, and I'm looking down, you know, at her feet so my feet aren't, you know, getting tangled up with hers. And I'm walking backwards, and I'm having a little conversation with her. And she kind of stops and smiles, and she goes, you're a nice man. <laughs> and all that time, oh, thank you. That's nice. And I'm, all of a sudden, I'm looking down, and I'm you know, waiting for her to start walking. And I'm like, uh-oh. And I go, there's some, there's some milk duds. <laughs> I thought some, you know, there was some candy on the floor or something. And then we start walking, and I go, there's another one. <laughs> I'm like, they're falling out of her pants. <laughs> no milk duds. No. And the flight attendant who's, who's following us from the back, you know, because she's waiting to get off the plane. And I'm like, watch the milk duds. <laughs> and the lady's just smiling. I'm like, I'm like kicking them out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the flight attendant in the back and behind her was going, oh my god, you know. So. 
Now for the harshest one, the appellation. <laughs> I got a email from a European listener saying that there's a funny little joke and it goes like this, that the pilot gets on the PA and says, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to land in Appalachia. By the way, I changed it to Appalachia because I was trying to make it a large area so I wouldn't offend any specific city. <laughs> so I said Appalachia. And um, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to land in Appalachia. We have experienced a time change. You may want to change your watches back a hundred years. It was a joke. It's just a joke. And here I get a letter from an Appalachian. This is the harshest one. It says, uh, for all your jokes and stories, you usually either apologize or have a hope this doesn't offend statement or tone of voice. This was lacking in the one joke about Appalachia, which you can't even pronounce. Hope you don't ever need assistance with Southern connections. My friends and I will surely turn our backs on you. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a joke. <laughs> Ontario and this passenger, what was your name, Mr. Frankelmeyer? Fred. Frederick. Frankelmeyer, yeah. And you were going to tell me a story about a flight you were on? Well, you came up to me and you <laughs> asked if I had any funny stories. So, um, what I wanted to tell you about was I am from New York. We're going out to Palm Springs to visit my son and and at my daughter-in-law there. But uh, what I... It, it's a, I play a little golf, but anyway, that's not the story. But uh, one time, I used to travel, you know, on business. And uh, we were going, I don't know, something in Alabama, Mississippi. But uh, they brought on a woman. And she had one of those... You know, my, my wife wants me to get one, but I don't... I don't need that, you know, the miracle ear, whatever oh, it's called. Cool. Yeah, yeah, the hearing aid. And uh, what'd you say? <laughs> Are they he- yeah. I thought you asked if I needed a band aid. <laughs> anyway, uh, the uh, the woman comes on and she her daughter brings her on and says to the um, not the stewardess but the 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 man stewardess the steward. Asked him, should we turn the hearing aid off or down or whatever? And he says, why? Now, my wife and I are watching all this. We're sitting right by her row. And we're thinking, geez, this is a stupid person. But anyway, he says, well, if you want to turn it down, you mean because of the engines? And she says, yeah, because of the engines. You don't have to, but if you want. So she turns it down. The next thing you know... She's talking very loud, screaming. It's horrible. You can't concentrate anything. We're getting ready to take off, and the uh, there were two of them, stewards, you know, coming through. Yeah. And, you know, what people do is their business. I don't care. But the uh, she stops them and pulls them over, and very loud. She screams, I gotta go to the bathroom. And he says, well, we're getting ready to take off. If you don't mind, we'll take off, and then I'll come back and take you into the bathroom. And she says, good. She screams this. She says, good. 
because I'm feeling a turd getting ready to drop. Oh, what was that? Oh. All over the plane, as loud as she could. These guys didn't know what to do. I mean, it was pretty disgusting. I, I, you know, I've seen some things in my day, but gee. That's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope I didn't offend anyone, especially any priests, archaeologists, or Appalachians. <laughs> and I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. I took you for granted. I put it on cruise control. How could I have been such a fool?